Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Monday and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host. Yep, you got it, Andy. Anyway, I wasn't at work last night. Well, I was working. I was doing the old darts for Sky Sports. So I wasn't at TalkSport. I only work for companies with the word sport in it. Eurosport, TalkSport, Sky Sports. Um, And I once worked for Link Sports, the old shop in the 80s where you could go in and buy like a hockey anyway we start this week with the Trans Europe Express I wasn't there as I mentioned Rob Daly was in my seat alongside European experts Andy Brassel and Chris Parrott who Chris Parrott they were talking Leo Messi as well as news on Manchester United's first summer signing TalkSport understands that Dutch international midfielder Donny van der Beek is joining Manchester United from Ajax in a five-year deal. We will talk about Messi very shortly, but first let's get your reaction to this, Andy. What do you reckon? Van der Beek to the Premier League. Well, I guess... It, it's not the most obvious position for Manchester United to to, to want to reinforce, um, especially as so much of their game wants to go through Paul Pogba and, and Bruno Fernandes. On the other hand, uh, they have been heavily reliant on Bruno Fernandes since since he arrived, and they need to cover themselves for that. I mean, Chris, you've seen a lot of Donny van der Beek. Mm-hmm. Be- bearing in mind the sort of clubs he's been linked with, um, especially Real Madrid, um, he was looked as their Pogba Plan B, for example. I mean, it's good that he's got his move. It f- it's felt like he's been ready for it for a long time. Do you think Manchester United's the right club for him? I do. I think Manchester United are getting a guy who's within their age bracket. He's 23. He's played an awful lot of first-team football. Ajax have always been very consistent this summer. They told Donny van der Beek and Onana, the goalkeeper, a year ago that you can stay this year and you can leave in the summer of 2020. And then it's been about where does Donny van der Beek want to go? Ajax aren't a club who mess about once they've set a transfer fee. If someone matches that, they can have the player. And I think United are getting a very good talent for that I think he will develop in the Premier League and also yeah you're right I think in their first 11 right now he's not in it he's not in it but Manchester United as a club build a squad for a 60-65 game season so therefore Donny van der Beek might not be first choice but he might still play a part in 30-40 games so I think we need to do a brief timeline on what's happened in the past week and I think really at the start of the week, in talking Monday time, was when the story started coming out about the phone calls to Luis Suarez from Ronald Koeman, that you're not part of my plans. And then as of the 25th, we had this infamous bureau fax into the Barcelona office from Lionel Messi saying he'd be leaving. Andy, how has this, how has this gone down this week? 
it's, it's been an extraordinary story and I, I guess because people always assumed that this was just a negotiating position from Leo Messi and uh, we've sort of seen this coming in a way in that throughout the season and I guess the biggest flashpoint of the season is when he publicly crossed swords with Eric Abidal for inferring he thought that he was responsible for the dismissal of co- as coach of Ernesto Valverde but the fact that Messi has felt the need to come out publicly um, and talk about the state of the club and the state of the team which is something that he's very uncomfortable with it's been clear that something was brewing but to see Leo Messi take up this position where he thinks I don't know actually I'm not making a point I really am leaving and for everyone around him to reinforce that I think is extraordinary but we know we're at the beginning of this saga rather than at the end of it because of course his father Jorge who's uh, at home in Argentina he's coming over and he's going to negotiate with uh, Josep Bartomeu the very 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 unpopular president and the press in Catalonia are saying well Bartomeu is still going into the meeting saying we're only going to talk about a renewal of his contract. So we're not listening to your (laughs) side of it at all. And on Saturday, Arsenal lifted the Community Shield after beating Liverpool, hurrah, on penalties. It was, of course, live on TalkSport. You hear from Jurgen Klopp and Gunners boss Mikel Arteta after Arsenal won that friendly at Wembley in front of no one. And now Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang can win the Community Shield for Arsenal. Right-footed into the corner, and Arsenal start the season with silverware after ending the last season with silverware. An emphatic penalty 28 days later. And this time, he's got it right as he runs towards all of them and lifts high the Community Shield for 2020. Two wins in a month. The FA Cup and now the Community Shield for Arsenal Football Club and Mikel Arteta. You cannot play with fear against this team. We know how good they are. You have to play with a lot of respect, but we have to try and hurt them when you can. And uh, you have to suffer for periods in the game. You have to know that and you have to be able to hold into that uh, moment. And then when you have the key moments, you have to be so efficient and, and take them. And today we've done it. Arsenal defended in a 5-4-1 system, uh, really disciplined, but the counter-taking threat they have. That's good. That's really good. If you want to play against this kind of wall, you need to be completely fresh. You need to be on top of your game. We are obviously not on top of our game. We were good enough to create more chances. We had majority of the possession. We had more more finishes. All that stuff. It was all on our side, which is good, actually. But if you want to win the game, you have to score more often. And that's what we didn't do. And that's why we let the penalty shoot happen. And penalty shoot is a bit of a lottery. And we lost that lottery. And this is AFTV's Robbie Lyle on Johnny Owen and Friends. Oh, I've got friends without Johnny, but with Charlie Baker and Mark Smith. So it wasn't actually Johnny Owen and his friends. Anyway, Robbie was looking back at that win for the Gunners and also praising the gaffer, Mikel Arteta. For Arsenal fans at the moment, we're really believing in Mikel Arteta. Mm. You know, he's tactically a very, very good manager. You can see that all the players out there really want to play for him. And it bodes well going forward in the future, especially if they can back him in the transfer window. When he came in, he said a lot of things, Mikel Arteta. And, you know, a lot of managers come in and they'll say a lot of bold things. He said them. At the moment, he's backing up everything he said. He said anybody who doesn't really want to play for this badge won't play. I don't Mm. care who it is. 
And he's done that. Yeah. With Ozil, Guendouzi and those guys. Look at Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Yeah, fantastic. He's got a call-up to the national team. Yeah. He's improved him so much. Emmy Martin is in goal. For me, he's one of the best goalkeepers right now in the Premier League. Time now to hear from Tony Cascarino, the former Chelsea striker, on the Weekend Breakfast Show, talking Liverpool and some big news on Mohamed Salah. The one player that might leave Liverpool mm. sooner rather than later, I would think it might be Mo, because I just, I don't quite see him having the same intensity as he once did. I'm hoping I'm wrong, and hoping that's just a small blip, and he's just not quite at the races, because he wasn't, I thought, yes, he struggled and really struggled to get into the game. Now on Fight Night Live with Adam Catchell and Gareth A. Davis, they were joined by Queensbury Promotions' Frank Warren straight after his fighter, Daniel Dubois, beat Ricardo Schneiders inside two rounds. What a waste of time that was. Anyway, Warren spoke about whether we'll see Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder for a third time this year, as well as Dubois' win and a possible British clash with Joe Joyce. At the moment, the box office is sitting there. It's all box office money in there from the two postponements that we've had to have with a fight. So we want to get that on. And, you know, and as I say, the British public want to see it. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the most highly anticipated heavyweight fight, domestic buster, that I, I can remember at this, you know, for, the, for, the, for two fighters at this stage of their careers. And I can think of for many, many years. I mean, the only other big fight, you know, bigger than this, obviously, is uh, Tyson against uh, Anthony Joshua. But that's the next big fight, and everybody, everybody was talking about it. I'm like a chameleon. Camouflage, any colour, any environment. Put me in space, I don't own the place. Put me anywhere in the world, and it's going off, because I am the Gypsy King. Again, it all revolves around whether we can get a live gate there. You know, the fight that took place, the last fight that took place between Deontay Wilder and Tyson in Vegas was their highest ever grossing heavyweight fight at the MGM. It's, uh, so it, it, I think it took around $18, $19 million on the gate. Somewhere we've got to find that money to ensure that the fight can go on. Otherwise, the guys are not going to be able to get the person, I should say, that they want. Darren Bent's Sunday session with Lee Hendry and Alex Crook were joined by the Saints fullback Carl Walker-Peters, who just completed his permanent move to the club. KWP, as he's known to absolutely no one, spoke about the Saints' hopes for the season, as well as comparing Danny Ings to Harold Kane. They definitely have similarities. You know, when I, when I see them practising their finishing, it's really, you know, their finishing so clean. It's the same strike every, every time, both feet low and hard and I think that's what makes them so good you know I think a lot of times you see strikers or forwards get bored of the same finish you know and they start trying chips and stuff but with them two it's literally the same shift and bang and I'd say that's probably the biggest similarity they have. Shay Adams has found the corner and Southampton have won this South Coast showdown. The way we finished the previous season I don't see why we shouldn't be looking to get into the, get into the top 10. I think it was we finished 11th, so we just we just got above Everton. I think we need to be we need to be striving to to get into that top 10. Continue how we finished the last season and and who knows, you know. I mean, we weren't too far off Europe, you know. I don't want to get get too ahead of myself, but I think, you know, it, it it's a realistic target. This is the warm-up without Max Rushton. Hurrah! And with Danny Kelly and Barry Glendening. This is Barry's Tour de France Tales from 2015, or as I like to call it, the Bore de France Tales. 
Let's have a listen. Or, of course, you can just fast forward this bit. Did you not also cause a traffic accident due to, how can we put it, trying to impress members of the opposite gender? (laughs) Yes, I did. Um... Going from one stage to another one morning, I, I chanced across a, a Belgian news crew whose car had right. broken down. So they left one of their number with their car and I took the rest in mine to, to give them a lift to the where the, that day's stage was going to end. And uh, the, the news reporter was a stunning, stunning lady that's all i can say but i yeah. was so mesmerized by her beauty that i was sort of staring at her in the the rear view mirror she was were st- you trying to make eye contact with her in the rear view mirror of a car that you could hardly drive on the wrong side of the road yeah that's about the size of it really yeah. but anyway yeah. it, it prompted me to more or less crash into the middle of a roundabout <laughs> luckily i didn't do any damage but um yeah i i am very easily distracted i've got rid of my car um in oh. recent years, because I wasn't using it enough, it was sitting outside in flat Cosmo. It was probably for the best. But and um, let me let me guess that I mean I, I don't think I've seen your name uh, at the top of my you know, reading of reports in the Guardian of the Tour de France. Not asked to go back ever since. Well, I actually think I did a pretty good job on reporting. Uh, it was just the, the, yeah, the logistics. It's not your opinion that, that counts, is it? Yeah, I, I thought I was okay, but the, the, the answer is no. I haven't been asked to go back, but we do have a Would specialist you like cycling guy. I, I think I prefer watching it on TV. To be honest, the fact of the matter is, Danny, if you're covering the Tour de France, you don't actually get to see any of it live. Um, you watch it all on TV. You're just sort of there to get rider reaction, pre stage quotes. Uh, you talk to a grumpy Chris Froome or a grumpy Mark Cavendish or a grumpy Bradley Wiggins, and they're all grumpy all the time. Yeah. And who can blame them? <laughs> yes, that's quite. They're very, very tired and their bottom is sore. You'd be grumpy too. Now, on Saturday, football fans were allowed into Premier League Stadium for the first time, or Stadia, as some plonkers call it. And they were allowed in for the first time in nearly six months, as 2,500 supporters attended a friendly between Brighton and Chelsea at the Amex. The Seagulls' CEO, Paul Barber, spoke to Benty, Crookie and Hendry, Re on the Sunday session. I mean, this was less about Brighton, to be honest, and more about football as a whole, because we wanted to to show, first of all, that we could bring back a couple of thousand fans safely. Uh, Secondly, we wanted to make sure that we tested lots of things within the the new Sports Ground Safety Authority's guidelines uh, that would enable not just us to bring fans back, but clubs at all levels of the game. And as we said yesterday, this is less, in, in some ways, less important for Premier League clubs to have fans back, although it's very important for us. Uh, it's more about the lower levels who don't benefit from the TV income to, to get their businesses back on track as well. And obviously for us, you know, having fans back in the stadium is important. Having all of our fans back is even more important. But for every level of the game, this is an important first step. Hello, I'm Paul Ross. I'm with you on TalkSport Extra Time weekday mornings from the early hours. And you, my friends, are listening to TalkSport Daily. You lucky people. Back now to Tony Cascarino on the Weekend Breakfast Show talking about the Chelsea manager Frank Lampard and his new signings at Stamford Bridge and a possible flaw in the Blue Summer recruitment. All this would be interesting. I thought it was really interesting. They'd signed Timo Werner and Ziyech, obviously, from Ajax. 
That uh, was before the season even yeah, ended. Yeah, that was yeah. before it even ended. And, and, and Timo Werner's very left-footed. Now, if they get Havertz as well, he's very left-footed. And OK can play in different positions in the forward line. Pulisic is very left-footed, going by a left full-back. So their team seems a little bit lopsided, <laughs> but I do like their signings. And we finish with a bit of Alan Brazil on The Breakfast Show. This is Ray Parler with a ghost story involving a peanut. Yep, a peanut. I had a pub uh, in Fanbridge and it was about 500 years old um, and uh, we had people coming to the pub and saying, can we set up cameras upstairs because we've heard there's a ghost? I was like, what? <laughs> anyway, a couple of the locals said, yeah, Ray, we've had a ghost. Um, definitely is What's a ghost. What's a ghost? Well, I don't know how. I, I didn't see Captain it. Captain of a ship. But one guy said to me, yeah, I was standing at the bar one night and then no one, no one else in the pub, Al, no one else. And all of a sudden, something hit him on the back of the head. I can't wait, you can't. And as I'm he looked around, there, there was no one there, and there was a peanut on the floor. Dry roasted? That's it for another podcast. You think a reminder that today is the Europa League second qualifying round draw at midday. Nope, me neither. Anyway, this will involve Tottenham, Rangers, Aberdeen, Motherwell, Ballatown, Lingfield, as well as some of the other big European guns, including Galatasaray and AC Milan. So keep it TalkSport and TalkSport 2 for all the reaction. I'm back today, would you believe, at 4pm on Drive Time, where I'll be alongside the wonderful Jamie O'Hara. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcasts out first thing in the morning. So until then, thanks for listening. Join me at 4pm and be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.